a brand new episode of the Happy Productive Podcast is about to begin. It's time to be inspired by simple and actionable solutions for you and your business. If you're an established entrepreneur or just laying down the first brick of your future empire, the mantra is the same. We will flip any failure into a positive and use it to our advantage. This show is all about turning coal into diamonds. With the right plan and mindset, anything is possible. I'm Jennifer John, your host, business coach, and founder of Best Planner Ever. And I'm here to help you achieve all your ambitious goals. Success is closer than you think. Let's do this. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Happy Productive. I am super excited because I'm here today with Andrea Quick, and she is a nationally recognized real estate investment expert on a mission to help busy professionals multiply their money and unlock their financial legacy. So you guys, this episode today is going to be all about the money, not just the money, but how to bring more money in. You know, it's so funny, Andrea, because I just said it's all about the money. Later today, I'm going to be interviewing David Meltzer, who I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but his foundation of Sports One is actually the company that was uh, based, the movie Jerry Maguire was based out of. So when I, I said, show me the money, right? There's so many things from Jerry Maguire in our day to day. And David will actually be on the show a little bit later today. So that's so super funny. All right. So with a knack for smart investing, she's combined a real estate portfolio totaling over $180 million in assets that they are managing her and her partner, uh, Rachel Grun. So they are co-founders of and managing partners of Good 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 Investing, the hosts of the Good Good Investing podcast, and they help to empower entrepreneurs with creative ways to multiply their money and gain control of their time. So welcome to the show, Andrea. I'm so excited to have you here, and we're going to be talking about money today. Hi. Yes. Thanks for having me on. Okay. So the first question that I have to ask is just tell me a little bit about your story, your entrepreneurial journey. Like how did you come to be doing this kind of work? Yeah. I mean, it all started off with basically we were leaving California. And so we wanted to have me and my family wanted to have more freedom of time. I remember my husband. So we were both working in Silicon Valley in corporate America. And I remember my husband being at a practice for my son's baseball game or softball and him getting a call while he's trying to coach from his like director or something, because everything is a fire drill in Silicon Valley. So just like taking an assessment of, oh my goodness, is this the way life is supposed to be? Are we really supposed to be working at all times of the day? That led us up to shift and um, to reprioritize. And we're like, let's see how the Sun Belt does it. <laughs> and we came to Texas and just things have totally shifted in our world and we have more um, balance. That all leads me to leaving California. We had capital to deploy. And we really didn't know what to do with it. We didn't come from families that did any real estate investing or really any investing out of the stock market or 401k. So we had to just learn everything. And what we did was we wanted to get into rooms and we got into rooms with people that were way ahead of us. So um, people that already had the millions 
you know, and we just learned from them and just soaked it in as like just a sponge. Very nice. And so, and that's where from there you decided to start the company that you have today. Yeah. So I actually started off in real estate, just kind of as a, a normal investor when you buy a rental property, because I, I'm like, we have to do something with the money. So let's deploy it in a rental property, right? Well, we soon to find out like there's not a lot of cash flow when you just buy a rental property. There's really the long game of appreciation. And there's a lot of maintenance and management that comes with owning that. So then we're like, okay, um, let's buy some Airbnbs. Actually, I'm in one of my Airbnbs right now. And that was great. And we have cabins in Oklahoma, but we really were looking to scale. And that's when we got into commercial real estate. That's where I met Rachel at a conference. We decided to get together because there was all these men in the room and we were like one of the only two women. And so we're like, hey, we should meet for coffee. And we met together and I mean, it was just like the perfect partnership for us. And we wanted to go from that meeting and just start educating specifically, you know, men and women, but women don't have a lot of seats at the table when it comes to money and investing. And so we just feel like a lot of women have gravitated towards us because we're breaking it down in a very simple to understand and fun way. Oh, I love this so much. And so let's say that I am a business owner. It doesn't matter if I'm a male or a female, but you just happen to be a female. So we'll say, all right, a female business owner. And you've got your business going. And for many of our clients, um, we use Profit First. And one of the the ideas behind Profit First is that you're setting aside your profit in a profit account. And what can happen over time is that that account can grow. And then you're sitting there and you're kind of like, if you've, if you've done it and you've stuck to the system, you're going to have some money that starts to pile up in this account. And a lot of times I get this question too from business owners, well, what can I do with this money to make it, you know, start working for me to generate more passive income. And so if you are just a begin, very, very beginner, let's pretend Andrea, we don't know anything at all. Like what would be your advice of like, where do you get started in investing and starting to generate more passive income? Yeah, a few things. So one is, Find someone that knows more than you and ask them a lot of questions or just start educating yourself. So Rachel and I have a podcast called Good Good Investing. We really break down what we have learned throughout the years in our knowledge. So very simple way to digest. But there's other people out there as well. I would say look into... You have to figure out, do you want cash flow? Do you want appreciation? Also look for, do you want to actively be managing? Some of the people that you're talking about that are looking at profit first, they're already busy business people. I don't know that they want to also manage something else. And I can tell you from experience with my Airbnbs, they're profitable. I am hands-on all the time. My rental property, Mm -hmm. hands-on. There's something called syndications, which has blown my mind. And I am so thankful that I learned about syndications. That's basically when you use your capital to work for you, but then you trust a team to manage it for you. And so you're going in 
as like a crowdfunding type of situation where multiple investors buy a property together. And then there's a Mm. small team of people that I trust that manage the property. And I am aware of what's going on on a monthly basis on the financials, on, you know, whatever the metrics and the KPIs are for that property. Um, So I'm aware, but I'm more passive. And that's called a syndication. And um, I'm a limited partner in a lot of syndications, um, as well as a general partner as well. Oh, that's fascinating. I hadn't even heard of that because you make a great point that when you are a busy business owner and you're running your business, like you want to make the money work for you, but you don't always have the time to manage these things. Even the idea of managing a bunch of rental properties for me would be like, no, my head's going to explode. No, thank you. So what would you recommend? Like, what are some good good directions to go in if you are busy and you you can't, you know, you don't have the time to manage a lot of these things. So what are some investments for really busy business owners where they can be a little bit more hands-off? Yeah, so there's investments in commercial real estate. That's where we have focused on. So one, we're invested in multifamily apartment buildings. So those large apartment buildings that are over a hundred units, we invest in those. And then we're also investing in ER clinics. That has been great. That's a new opportunity that has come up this year where we buy the ER clinic property and then we partner um, specifically for this one, ER of Texas, and they mm-hmm. operate it. They, they own like uh, multiple other ones that have been successful. They come in and operate it. And then we partner together, not only in the asset, but the business. So commercial real estate also has trailer parks, RV parks. There's just a ton of different opportunities, but it really depends on what your goals are. So like, for example, self-storage, that's also an opportunity, but that one is low on appreciation, but higher on cash flow. So it's really working Mm -hmm. with a syndication company that you trust and that will bring the opportunities to you. That is probably like the biggest mind-blowing part is that it's hard to hear about. So if I Mm -hmm. hadn't been in the right room with the right people, I would have never known. And that's the part where we want to share, share this extra knowledge that we have. Because it is something that can unlock wealth and legacy. Got it. And so, like, I love what you said about being in the right rooms, right? To be able to hear about these things that a lot of us are just not going to hear about because it's not part of our day-to-day. And so, talk to me a little bit about your company. When you say you have $180 million in assets under management, is that people, like, giving you your company, their money for you guys to then go out and then invest in commercial real estate? Yeah. So we partner together with operators and we operate ourselves. So we build relationships with passive investors and then we bring them on to our projects. So for example, like the ER clinics that we're doing, we're on plan to buy seven of them. We're going to bring some partners with us in a very, you know, it's, it's not like we need a ton of investors because people want to get into it. And the deals are very you know, few and far between. So we'll bring in a few investors 
to invest with us. And then we buy those assets together. And the $180 million asset under management is really that where we've bought multiple multifamily apartment buildings over, I think we're at over 1,400 units. And we've partnered together with passive investors with each one of those. Got it. And so a passive investor is really somebody who wants to take their money, they want to invest, but they're, they don't want to be involved in the day-to-day management of those commercial assets. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it basically is making your money work for you and making money while you sleep when you don't have to. Nice. And so, and so talk to me about like, I know there's gonna be a lot of business owners listening to this and they're going to be like, okay, well, how much money are we talking about? So are there minimums that people need to be able to put in as a passive investor? Yeah, there are minimums. So typically a minimum would be 50,000. Sometimes it's a hundred thousand. So that those are the minimums. I will say that Rachel and I have designed a tool called your richer than you think tool that might, you know, 50,000 to a hundred thousand might sound like a big number to some people, but there's different ways that you could actually find that money to invest that people don't realize. So we have a tool on our website that people can download and play with, but it basically outlines one, what is your net worth? Two, How much do you want to retire? How much monthly income do you want to have to retire? And then how much should you be investing to hit that number so that you can retire? So play around with that tool. There's lots of categories there that you're like, oh, okay, maybe that is a place where I can shift some money from, you know, this bucket to this bucket that will make me more. So, so yeah, I think that would be a good value for your listeners. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Because now you can take that money, you can invest it, and then you're going to be earning dividends, income. What does that look like? So is it like, oh, I put 50 grand in and I never saw anything from it? Or is it like a quarterly dividend? What does that look like for everybody who's listening and wondering about this? Yeah, that's a great question. So typically there is quarterly cash flow that comes to you. And then there is the appreciation play. So once we sell the asset, that's when you get the bulk of your money. Usually projected returns are around 2x. So that's what we try to shoot for. Sometimes they can go to 3x or 4x or a little less than 2x, but that's typically what we try to shoot for. Nice. And so like in commercial real estate, because of COVID, there were so many businesses that left, you know, the space and there wasn't a lot of business space. But it sounds like you guys are actually working more with apartment buildings, more residential, even though it's commercial real estate, more with uh, residences and things like that, that maybe would not have been affected by COVID. Yeah, I mean, we really didn't see too much of an effect of COVID just because people's, their main priority is to pay for their rent, right? They don't want to leave. So they'll adjust their budgets on in other areas of their life. But really where they live, I think they mostly, you know, want to keep that. So we didn't really see an effect during COVID. With the ER clinics, it would probably be the same thing. And there's other investments that we do as well. We didn't see a hit. I think mostly 
maybe the residential or the businesses, that's what was impacted the most. Gotcha. Okay. And so that really isn't a space that you're doing that much in. So you were really not affected, it sounds like, too much with your investments. Yeah. I also do um, single family personally and my Airbnbs, and that also wasn't affected. I, I really think it was mostly like maybe just businesses. I didn't see the effect yeah. on real estate too much. Got it. And so when an investor comes in and they put some money in and you guys are, are purchasing uh, units, and then how often do you like sell these units? You know, is it is it like, oh, we sold it a year later? Or is it, you know, we never sold it? Or what does that look like as far as how how quickly are you flipping some of these properties? Yeah. So I would say it's between 18 months when the market is hot, but our typical hold time is between four to six years. It really is an appreciation play. So you need the time. We typically buy assets that need value added, right? So they're kind of, think of it as like, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines, when they do their flips, they're buying like an old decrepit house. We don't go that far in our assets, but like just Think of that like where you take something that maybe isn't as modern, is a little older, and you update the outside and then you update the inside and you bring more value to the residents. That then gets turned around in about four to six years. Okay. And then when you sell a property like this, so let's say an investor puts in a hundred grand and four to six years later, you've doubled that money and they've also been getting a quarterly, some quarterly cash flow on the property. Now, does that money go back to the investor or can it be reinvested in new properties? Yeah, it goes back to the investor. So they can take that. And then what I didn't mention also is that there's depreciation that happens where they're getting tax savings for whatever they made. So passive losses and depreciation equals the passive investments. Passive investments equals passive losses. So they can use that as like a tax credit. Hmm. You know, when you sell the building and so when you sell it, did that money come back to the investor or does it actually get reinvested in new properties? Okay, so yes, the money does go back to the investors and then it's up to them if they want to take that money and use a portion of it to go back into an investment or they want to take all of it. Mostly our investors just want to see their investment doubled again. So they just invest on another property with us, but it's totally up to them. The only time that we keep it is during that hold period. That's where it's pretty much not a liquid investment. It's it's stuck in there. It. Got it. Okay. Very, very cool. And so for somebody who is just getting started, let's say they, they don't have $50,000, they have 5,000 or they have 10,000. Like what would you recommend for that kind of a starting investor? Well, I think one is educate yourself so that you're knowledgeable. And I think two, you know, really try to get into the right rooms because sometimes you don't need to just bring the money on a team, but if you can help in another way, like maybe you found a deal, right? You don't have a lot of cash, but you actually identified a really good deal. 
then you can bring that to one of the teams and you could learn that way by bringing bringing that deal to a team. I would say probably that would be it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so when you're first getting started, like how do you know that you're in the right room? Or where would somebody who's just getting started like start looking? Because if you're new, you know what the right rooms are, but somebody new would not. And so like what are some good places to look for these, you know, rooms to be in so that you can educate yourself? Yeah, I would say you know, join um, Good Good Investing's investor circle. And then also just go on to meetup.com. If you have a local meetup group around commercial real estate, listen in on that conversation. Find people on YouTube, reach out to them, ask them questions. There's so many resources out there. Rachel and I are actually coming out with a book this year. Grab books. And um, feel free to just ask questions. There's always conferences out there that you can go to. That's the way that I learned about it. I went to a free real estate specific conference or networking event. And then this person was on stage talking about multifamily specifically. So I went for one thing to learn about like residential real estate, but then I learned about commercial and how easy that scales. And I'm like, I am sold. So yeah, I mean, it's just putting yourself out there and networking. Uh, I love it. Great, great resources. All right, you guys, for all of you who are listening, I hope that this has this conversation has got you, you know, starting to think about ways that you can make your money go to work for you to generate passive income. So that way it's not just always, you know, you having to work in your business. It sounds like there are a lot of different ways to really make your money work for you and start to drive passive income that you don't have to work so hard for. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a really big mindset shift too. You know, I think as business owners, we have so much responsibility and some of us are solopreneurs. And so we think we have to do it all. But when we shift our mindset into like, let my capital work for me so I can concentrate on what I really want to do, I feel like you unlock another income stream. And that's really what we want to go for is how many income streams can we have? And hopefully a lot of that is passive so that we're working less and enjoying our life more. I love that so much. All right, Andrea, um, just tell everybody one more time where they can find you if they want more information. Yeah, absolutely. So if you could go to goodgoodinvesting.com, that will connect you with us where you can have your free net worth assessment tool. And you could also get onto our email list where we have a lot of education emails and it'll keep you updated on whatever events we have. Sometimes we have webinars or in person. And so we'd love to connect with your audience. Oh, I love it. You guys definitely go to good, good investing, check out Andrea. And if you're listening to this and you're like, well, Jen, I don't really have money to invest. And we mentioned profit first. This is one of the tools that we use with our business coaching clients to help them to manage the money in their business so much better. So that way you do have some money that you can look to invest and drive more passive income. So if you want to find more information about the work that we do with profit first and in business coaching, you can always check out Jennifer 
jenniferdawncoaching.com. All right, you guys, I hope you all found some great value from today's show. I know that I did. Andrea, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. Hey guys, get out there and have a happy, productive day. I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent, and attainable steps. If you want to learn more, come visit us at jenniferdawncoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On our website, you're going to find free resources along with links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the lives of so many of our clients, including the Coaching Academy and our Unbreakable Retreats. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast. That's it. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.